welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and the Cathet region, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Clahomon Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am joined today, well, I was, <laughs> Angel, you left. Where did you go? <laughs> Anyway, welcome to my co-host Jill Kirby, who is also an astrologer and a student extraordinaire, Jenna Short. Welcome to the show today, guys. Hello. Yay. Hello. I just turned your sound on. That was good. <laughs> good timing. Yes, good timing, exactly. Okay, so on the uh, 124th episode of this show, we are going to tackle two topics. Uh, one is called Black Moon Lilith. We're not going to do all those other Liliths. We're just going to try one. <laughs> and the other one is the Aries point. And we may even get as far as the Aries ingress, which is a mundane chart thing. And... Uh, I was kind of surprised when Jill sent me three people charts. I thought she would send me three country charts um, because I had never realized that astrologers actually look at the zero degree of the cardinal signs and in particular Aries. So that'll be interesting, but that's part two. So in asking about Black Moon Lilith, I went, I've seen the glyph. And that's about as far as I've ever gotten with it. So, you know, trusty Google. Um, and I, so I've sourced about three sites, which if you're listening to this on the radio, if you go to my website, www.cardinalastrology.ca, go to the radio page and down to this episode, you will see the links to the three main sites that I accessed to give you the following information. And um, I'm always kind of amazed that astrology can pick, and it's not random. I mean, there are calculations that go into both of these points, whether it's, you know, the ingress of the sun into Aries or this black moon Lilith. But it's still kind of amazing that you can, it's almost holographic, that you can cut the universe, take a look at it, and it'll actually say something. Anyway, that's kind of what Black Moon Lilith is. So to be exact, Lilith that I'm going to talk about today is not the asteroid uh, 1181 that bears that name that was discovered February the 11th, 1927, but rather it is the point. Okay, so and again, I'm just going to because this is really technical. So the moon travels along an elliptical path around the Earth. This is, a, it's, and we're talking in a simple term, because they move around a common center of gravity. So it isn't just the gravitational point of the Earth that pulls the moon around. They have a common, which, yeah, I'm not an astronomer, so not sure I really understand that. And it's quite a rather wobbly affair. So just as there is a mean node and a true lunar node, which we call the, the you know, the head and tail of the dragon, um, there is also a mean and true Lilith. And in fact, when working with a point so close to the earth, one should also take the great parallax into consideration. So when the ephemeris tells us that Venus is at, you know, whatever degree it is in Aquarius right at the moment, that's 
as if you were standing literally inside the earth at the center of the earth, okay? Whereas if you, and I used to do this, and we've had discussions a little bit, uh, Jill and I, about uh, mean node and true node, um, because the position of the moon relative to the actual place that you were born, because it is so close, it varies by a couple of degrees sometimes when you take in parallax. And parallax just means you're actually taking it from the point on the surface of the earth and not from the center of the core, right? And so apparently with Black Moon Lilith, this can be upwards of five degree difference in its position between mean and true. And so in, I don't know if in all astrology programs you can make that designation. I know in Solar Fire you can. You can pull it up and you can go into preferences and say true or mean and yeah, get the actual one. Okay, uh, so what is this point? This is the epigee. Okay, so the dark moon is defined as the epigee of the moon's orbit, which is its furthest. Is that right, Jill? Peregrine and apogee? Oh, I, I would think perigee is the furthest. But apogee is the closest. Okay. I yeah. I yeah. am not totally... <laughs> anyway, so it, it's the apogee <laughs> point. Okay, so it moves. So that point is basically kind of opposite where the moon is, but kind of not. Um, and it has, so it's more to do with the orbit and when it's getting close to the earth and when it's getting farther away from the earth. So that point moves at approximately 40 degrees per year. It completes a revolution in eight years and 10 months. And what's interesting is, what's that? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> so the uh, it doesn't move at a constant rate, so it can change from six to seven minutes of arc each day. Uh, but it lasts in a sign for approximately nine months, which I think is just kind of like, doo-doo-doo-doo, right? You know, it's just like, it wow. Is, it is the furthest point. It is the furthest point. Thank you for that clarity. Okay, so apogee is uh, as far away as the moon can get. It's not necessarily when it's there. It is the point that marks that. Yeah. Okay. It's a nodal point, just like the Yeah, node. just like the south and north node. Not yeah. bodies or anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I couldn't find a history of when astrologers started using Black Moon Lilith. And I didn't find one. And Jenna's shaking her head. I couldn't find one either. So I'm actually going to pose this question to some astrological research people like uh, Nick Dagenbest and Chris Brennan. And there's a couple other ones that that's sort of their shtick is to do that. Um, because one of them may be able to email me back and say, oh, so-and-so. But I can remember it being talked about at Norwalk, you know, back when we were going. But Yeah. yeah. It's been a while, but I, yeah. I, you know, I never really took an interest in it because yeah. I was more interested in the, the actual bodies. and Yeah. You know, yeah. There's enough there. <laughs> oh, you mean we shouldn't go down another rabbit hole? Oh, come on. Well, it's okay. I, I, I like going down rabbit holes, but in terms of using it on a day-to-day, -day, yeah. it's dark. Okay, it's so let's let's look at 
the mythology, and I found sort of three similar but different. Okay, so the first one I found um, is basically saying that she was the great goddess, and the goddess was Earth, and Earth was the goddess, and the origins of the cult of the great goddess is hidden in the dim twilight of prehistoric time. Uh, the goddess ruled for hundreds of thousands of years, but then she got overthrown by the male patriarchal archetypes, Yahweh, Allah, and yeah. So, but this is all sort of spoken, you know, from a Middle East Western point of view. I don't know if there is something like this in the Indian pantheon or in Chinese. Yeah, don't know. Okay, so basically, um, you know, she was, this archetype Lilith was, you know, kind of pushed into just a really tame form of Mary, Mother of God. Um, and, uh, you know, some say that she, we might be, be able to find sort of evidence of Lilith in the Black Madonnas um, in ancient sanctuaries that still bear witness to her. So that's one person's take on it. So the figure of Lilith represents one of the great goddesses in ancient Babylon. She was worshipped as Lilithu Ishtar or Lamashushtu. Jewish mythology already puts her into darker realms as an evil demon of the night, a fitting mate for Satan, lying in wait for men and killing children, right? I love what they do to female archetypes. Anyway. Okay, so in the Christian Hebrew mythology, uh, the first woman, contrary to popular belief, is not Eve, which... I had never heard this. This was quite a revelation when I read this one. Okay, so according to ancient Hebrew legend, the first woman created by God was Lilith, a woman full of beauty and ability to enjoy her sexuality. She was made of the same substance as Adam, not taken from one of his ribs. As well, all was well in paradise until the time for sex arrived, right? Whoever wrote this is just like, okay, <laughs> until the time went, okay. I'm not sure how you know when that time is, but anyway. So Lilith didn't want to be a slave to anyone. Yay, girl. Uh, she wanted to be a companion with the ability to share and enjoy. She didn't want to be subjected to Adam in sexual relations. Actually, she wanted to be dominant in that arena. Lilith defi defied Adam's orders and even God's, right? So she was, you know, like, out you go. Uh, and so it came to be that a woman's sexual power was known as something dangerous, something wrong. Maybe that's why the church has always seen sin as sex as sinful, right? And you just shake your head. It's like, but if the guy only realized... <laughs> he would have better sex not this whatever anyway la 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 this is a this is noon so i have to keep the show pg rated what's that it's his story yes exactly okay not her story yeah okay the name comes from jewish mythology in which lilith was adam's first wife okay so this is uh, so, to be submissive, her refusal to be submissive and liberated sexually made her sinful. Genesis 2.18 describes Adam and Lilith as incompatible. 
because of Lilith's assertiveness. Oh, for irreconcilable difference. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay. She said, I will not lie below. And he said, I will not lie beneath you. <laughs> so they could have had sex side by side. Come on. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So for you are fit only to be in the bottom position. Excuse me. While I am to be the superior one. Lilith responded, we are equal to each other in as much as we both were created from earth. Uh, okay, so, but they would not listen to one another. Boy, does that sound vaguely familiar. <laughs> when Lilith saw this, she pronounced the ineffable name and flew away into the air. What's the ineffable name? Anybody know? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, so she was ejected from the garden um, for wanting to be on top during sex. She is independent, feisty, outspoken, and gets exactly what she wants. Very similar little bit to um, the new planetoid we call Eris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, it has some similar I themes. At, I did look briefly at Yeah. Stuff and they did compare her to Eris. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so... Talked to about her as Persephone. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know I don't you know if we go with the um, uh, entanglement theory or um, you know where everything is interconnected and not and can be oh, seen yeah, any sure. part can be seen in the whole. Then there are aspects of the feminine archetype. Yeah, exactly. You slice it. No matter what way you slice it, you will come up with these archetypes. Okay, so if okay, so there is uh, a glyph which I will uh, share a screen here, and I have to get the right mouse. So it looks like a. Um, uh, oh, actually, I don't have that. I just, well, I do in the first chart. Yes, let me just share charts. Oops, wrong place. There we go. Share screen. Okay. Okay, so the first chart I have is of the Texas decision to uh, ban abortions after they hear a live heartbeat. Okay, so in this particular chart, it's a half moon symbol, but it's it's colored in, so it's black, and it it is above a cross, which is typically considered of matter. So that's the symbol that you will see in charts if it has been put into the chart. Okay, and um, it is. In some, so what I'm going to do now is just talk a little bit about how people have come to use it. Now, I know personally, myself, I had never used it, although when I did look at it in my own chart, there was a huge aha. Um, so I thank you, Jenna, <laughs> for, asking, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> for asking for this because it did. it. So, you know, if you have pieces in your chart that the traditional, um, symbolism and planets and stuff are just really not speaking to then you know trying out some of these uh less used um can sometimes fill in blanks that yeah okay so uh la, 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 la. 
Okay, so during, so this is one person's interpretation. So during my years of astrological practice, I have come to use dark moon in all my chart analysis as a complement to interpreting the moon. Uh, the dark moon describes our relationship to the absolute, to sacrifice as such and show how we let go. And I thought that was kind of interesting given her mythology. Hmm. Uh, in transit, dark moon indicates some form of castration or frustration, uh, frequently in the area of desire, a powerlessness of the psyche, or a general inhibition. And so, you know, I'm not going to proclaim either side of the abortion issue, but just putting black moon next to the north node um, it is definitely speaking to that whole phenomena of prohibition, right, of um, making a statement about what can and cannot happen uh, in terms of the feminine, right? And so I well, thought this chart was quite revealing of how powerful a point can actually be. Interesting that it's in, I mean, it's in a yang sign, but it's, it's yeah. also uh, trining Mercury and Saturn. So. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. So this was, um, it was Austin, Texas, I think it was in September that the, you know, the full law went into effect. And yeah. Okay, so she will show up, obviously, when uh, the feminine is, you know, important. On the other oh, hand... In the eighth house as well. Well, mm -hmm. I said it for noon, so who knows? You know, this oh. would have been passed in a legislature in Austin, yeah. Texas. So, you know, they didn't mention the time, just the day. Okay, so uh, in okay, so it also um, indicates in transit. No, on the other hand, it shows where we question ourselves, our lives, our job, and our beliefs. And I thought that was kind of pretty broad. I feel this is important since it gives us the opportunity to let go of something. So it's interesting that this astrologer is spinning it as if um, Lilith in the Garden of Eden was like, yeah, fine, I'm out of here. Yeah, so that's the, I, that's the understanding that I'm getting from this is the way that she put it. Okay, the dark moon shows where we can let the whole flow into ourselves without putting an eye in the way. And that is almost a contradiction to what Lilith herself actually did. So, yeah, I'm I'm a conflicted by this astrologer's use of it. I think I I I was reading that as well. I kind of saw it as like a like a channel, like without ego, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. Or like letting go and like opening up a space for I don't know, the universe to provide answer right. or bring a cathartic, chaotic moment into your life. Um, I have Black Moon Lilith uh, opposing my moon, right. and I feel that like emotionally, I'll feel like extreme emotions, and mm -hmm. you know, if I'm going through a transit, definitely feel that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's an, okay. Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a complex meaning for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. At the same time, it doesn't indicate passivity. On the contrary, it symbolizes the firm will to open and trust, to let the greater world flow through one, relying entirely on the great laws of the universe. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, in telling the myth from the Judeo-Christian perspective, already it is, in some ways, it's um, tarnished because Lilith is not being spoken of as independent from that patriarchal story. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, how to separate that so that you can just get the essence of it. Okay, so the next one, um, okay, Lilith represents the creative energy that unites sex with spirituality. It's the instinct of enjoyment and the dark force that exists in every creative process. Uh, Black Moon Lilith is in each zodiac sign for about nine months, which I thought was, yeah, that's kind of sweet. Uh, In the chart, Lilith represents the point where we can become transgressors, that is, where we can cross the line. Um, And that sort of speaks directly to the Judeo-Christian myth of her. Mm. Um, Yeah. Um, But that is not necessarily a bad thing if you make it work for you. The sign and house where Lilith indicates how you can achieve lucidity, personal affirmation, and the ability to enjoy. However, if Lilith is... Uh, poorly aspected, you have not integrated it into your personality, it can represent issues in which you can be submissive or suffer repression. And when I read that one, I went, oh, where the hell is mine? (laughs) So I went and looked. And um, in my chart, the ruler of the chart, the ruler of the ascendant is Mars, and Mars is fallen. He's in Libra. And Lilith and him are conjunct. And so I can totally speak to the submissive slash suffering slash repression piece. Totally. Yeah. Like, and it did, it filled in a blank um, because I can see some of my stuff in the Mars, but not all of it because Mars is not repression. It's anything but that, right? Um, And so putting this aspect of the feminine right there in the seventh house, which can be open enemies. Um, yeah, it, it just added a nuance that I went, oh, thank you, even though it wasn't a nice one. <laughs> well, Mars in Libra is also trying to find some sort of balance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of, you know, ripping, as I always say, you know, why, why can't I rip their face off and spit in the hole? Which would be what Mars with an Aries rising would prefer to do, right? Like just cut cut them off at the knees, whatever. <laughs> no, I have to be fair and nice <laughs> and balanced. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, she says. Okay, anyway. Um, so the black moon cannot be approached solely with reason or logic since it's related to instincts and its nature is powerfully intuitive. So that could be... You know, the part of the description that's going to fit for yourself, Jenna, right, where it's that instinctive, not going to follow laws of logic, and especially opposite the moon. Yeah. So how was your mom in terms of her femininity? Yeah, I was just reflecting on that. Um, she's she's assertive, for sure. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I see that extreme black and white kind of thinking in terms terms of being a submissive housewife or being dominant there's no in between oh okay her. okay so it's yeah so I definitely have like 
waffled myself. Like when I'm in a relationship, I can be the opposite. I can be the submissive housewife. And then I kind of shake my head. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> right. Um, and then I go the other end. Oh, okay. Like, you know, okay. More extreme independent person. But um, yeah, huh. I've seen both extreme sides. Okay. In my life. Play so out getting to ways. like fully embody an, uh, a feminine archetype. Yeah. Which, yeah. And so the opposition is always about finding balance. Um, mm -hmm. But in order to find balance, I think Jill would agree with me here, one has to explore both extremes in order yeah, to, yeah. yeah, in order to find where that's, that that's balance. Why, that's why Libra has that, that reputation for indecision, because it's not indecisive. It's weighing all the options and looking at both sides. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so uh, why would we want to look at this? Uh, so I've already given one sort of option is just the fact that you could have an aspect of the feminine side of your character that's just not showing up in the traditional seven or the, you know, extra, the extra bodies that we've added in. Um, and so looking at these points, finding ones, though, that are actually directly connected, that would be my take on it. Because as I read through uh, some of the descriptions, and I've put uh, links up on my website to, you know, ones that give, you know, Lilith in this sign, yada, yada, yada. They were too general, I think, really, for Lilith to uh, speak something that's going to be meaningful. It needs to be directly connected, like yourself, where it's opposite the moon, or myself, where it's exactly conjunct my Mars. Uh, then these archetypes, whether it's, you know, Black Moon Lilith or um, any of the other numerous asteroids, and I don't know if there's yeah, many other points, but... But it's not, a, it's not an actor, because no. it's point, right? Yeah. So it needs to be activated by another, by a planet. Right, right? That, because, uh, yes, yes. Because it's a point, right? A point that may represent some archetypal features, but unless that point is activated by actual actors which are the planets then yes it's not going to mean anything in the house right it's just yes. there yeah right? i think that oh. is a very good point so a, a, a place of study <laughs> might be um if it's connected directly to one of the angles because that's two points coming together but again it might not if like you say there isn't a physical body that's there yeah. to activate it yeah and in this in this chart it's conjunct the north node which is another point so it's yeah. not an actor rising but it is that aspecting both mercury and saturn it's probably close to the midpoint of that so yes exactly that might make it more important exactly okay so i do have um some okay so here's one more take on what it might mean uh so black moon lilith is a placement that in my experience most people either shy away from completely um and lilith in the context of a birth chart represents deep power well in my case it was power over but anyway an understanding of the context of lilith <laughs> is vital when we dive into our own placements uh, they show us where we are powerful but also where we release spite or a thirst for vengeance 
Um, okay, I have found that Black Moon Lilith is most accurate when we find ourselves slighted. For example, when a friend has embarrassed you for their amusement or you have betrayed, been be- betrayed by a partner, Lilith reacts to hurt with anger. Uh, so in many ways, Black Moon Lilith is a sensitive placement. It just seems aggressive because that is the defense mechanism that she chooses. So there's a like an, another... Another take completely. Um, yeah, so there isn't a, I didn't find a lot of agreement about, you know, what it can possibly stand for. So um, it can, it definitely has a feminine thing. I mean, this Texas abortion law thing is, yeah, like put her definitely prominent. And then the other um, charts that I picked. So this is Mata Hari. And holy doodles I had no idea this poor woman uh, had such a life um okay so in terms of she was you know um a dancer in her um sort of prominent years of her life she studied in, in Indonesian culture she actually lived there for a while um and incorporated what she learned from the dance from the Indonesian culture, and she brought it forward. Uh, She was actually just of Dutch descent. Um, And by 1904, she had risen to prominence as an exotic dancer. Uh, She was a contemporary of Isidore Duncan and Ruth Dennis, uh, and was, you know, they were instrumental in creating modern dance movement uh, around the turn of the century, uh, incorporating Asian and Egyptian artistic inspiration. Um, she was considered an exotic dancer and a courtesan, um, and was convicted as being a spy for Germany, and she was actually executed by a firing squad. Like, oh my God, talk about having Black Moon Lilith and you know God saying, no, you're out. So, um, and this was just, I thought this was kind of a remarkable chart um, in the sense that Lilith is exactly opposite Venus. And, you know, so this woman was, you know, doing a full woman embodiment. Um, Yeah. Uh, Moon, though, in Pisces with Saturn. So not Mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, she was defying all the boundaries and the definitions of the time, um, yeah, to her demise, which is kind of sad. <laughs> but yeah, so um, for those folks out there that have Black Moon Lilith opposite Venus, um, yeah. Uh, Watch out. Yeah, <laughs> which is, is just not right right? I mean, she was doing the Jupiter Scorpio, you know, exotic, you know, what's wrong with being a Cartesian? And yeah, yeah, she played it to the full. Um, And was scapegoated is, you know, that's kind of the way I looked at that. Okay, so the next lady that I have is, okay, this is Mary Ritter Beard. And again, she too, has Black Moon Lilith opposite Venus, uh, and that moon is in Aquarius. And um, so what she was, she was one of the many women that uh, 
Uh, she was an American historian, author of Women Suffrage Activism. In other words, she was an archivist who kept track of how the progression of women's suffrage was going. Uh, she was active both in labor and in women's rights movement. She also authored books on women's role in history, including on understanding women, America through the eyes, or, yeah, America through women's eyes, um, and women as a force in history, in tradition and realities. And, you know, so there's that moon in Aquarius with the Venus in Cancer. Um, um, the yeah. Sun, yes, and Uranus. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I will speak about where women actually need to be. Yeah, I thought uh, again. So you can see that if Black Moon Lilith is directly connected into someone's chart, it will, it will be activated. And you know, and obviously, this woman's work. Um, I'm sure that most of us women appreciate that people like her have come before us. Yeah. Well, in both those cases, uh, the Sun, Mars, Mercury are conjunct. So, were they? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Eighteen seventy-six. Yeah, so they are all they are all defined conventions. Oh wow! One was August fifth. I didn't realize this, and the other yeah. one was August seventh. So, yeah. ah, okay, yeah. the moon had just moved, just from, yeah. One was earlier and moved from Aquarius. Oh, I hadn't even noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, you don't need Lilith to explain that one. No, true. But it, uh, okay, so here's here's my next one. This is Freddie Mercury. So can <laughs> Black Moon Lilith operate in a guy's chart? Well, of course it can. And so here we have it again, conjunct the south node. So that seems to, but it's also squaring his sun. And what else? My my, my uh, thingamabob's in the way here. Trining Pluto. Trining Pluto. Yep, exactly. And he did. He pushed the boundaries of uh, a man on stage, right, with with how he presented himself, um, drawing on his own feminine side. And yeah, yeah. Got so, a Jupiter Venus conjunction as well. Yes. Yeah, which rules that um, black moon Lilith. And of course, the moon is there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he really challenged, obviously, the environment that he came out of being born in Zanzibar in Tanzania. Yeah, really stretched that moon in Sag. Yeah. Yes. So... Okay, I think it is. Okay, so Jenna, questions before we move on to zero Aries. Um, yeah, I, like when I was doing a bit of research, I was like looking to see if there were like moments in history uh, that we could see yeah. Lilith interjecting yeah. in and, you know, within different waves of feminism or like... Uh, I saw a little bit about Trump. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. where, where is she again, today? It's, it's, it's a point that needs to be activated. It's not something that's going to be activating something. So, But I think... Like in that... In that 
in terms of you know a, a historical moment it's not going to be act it's not going to be activating whatever's going on it's going to if it's aspecting something yeah like so okay. for instance the actor right one right. could because look it's at a point yeah it's a point not a physical thing yeah so right. here would be the research would be to look at when um pluto aligned with black moon lilith when right. it aligned with uranus or when it aligned with neptune or when it aligned with saturn the, right yeah with jupiter or with jupiter yeah i think once you get into the inner planets then no that's going to be on a more personal level but on okay. those ones that would be so that would be interesting to track yeah. down yeah but that that's it's just so important to remember that it's not it's not the actor yes yeah yeah activate yeah so yeah, okay. but I, I suspect you'll find stuff, though, with especially when Pluto conjuncts Black Moon and Lilith. Yeah, yeah so if it's every about... nine if it's every nine months, she's in Gemini now, so that's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six times nine slash many years ago. So, yeah, you will find a Black Moon Lilith with Pluto in Capricorn if you, yeah, if you can find an ephemeris where you can track both of them. That will yeah. happen. Yeah, definitely. When it's, she's, when it's giving birth. Ah, yes. To the dark <laughs> underworld feminine. Yay! Coming forward. Because <laughs> okay. like when you're talking about Freddie Mercury, you know, like he he blurred the lines between genders. Exactly. Where, you know, he added femininity to his, his masculinity. Yep. And I'm curious about that with trans rights being in discussion oh gender becoming fluid and curious about how lilith has a play in that yep and i bet if you go to like either uranus or pluto that would and then neptune would just add um the word fluid to it all yeah that would be an interesting thing to trace back when Mm -hmm. those alignments occurred yeah yeah, there I'm you sure go. We've given you a project there. like you had yeah. nothing else to do in your life other than work <laughs> full time. <laughs> yeah, this weekend I've got time. All right, there you go. There, and if you do, we will we will put it out on the radio for sure. Okay, so we are going to move on to another fabricated point. Although this one does line up with an event, which is when the day that we have equal day and night which is coming up here the first day of spring yay yeah it's actually we're talking about the cardinal points of the you know not just the zero areas but zero of the cardinal points which if you look at the circle with the cross in it that is actually the symbol for the earth so yeah the matter yeah it is that's the significance right it is about world events um big bigger picture kind of things but again it's a point so you need something activating it um by itself it's not yeah not a big deal <laughs> in your chart anyway yeah um so yeah this is, this is the chart for my dad and um, so this was the part that surprised me that you can actually use it in a person's chart because i'd only heard it used yeah, in reference to mundane from- Rob Hand's book, you know, Horoscope Symbols. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he, talk, he talks about zero hours point. He, he, he talks about using it in midpoints and, in, you know, um, yeah. that kind of 
Noel Till talks about using it in like progressions and stuff as well. So. Okay, so when a planet comes to yeah. the zero yeah. of a cardinal sign. Okay. Yeah, because yep. again, it's the actors that need to activate it. So in my dad's chart, you've got Pluto at 2904 of Gemini, which is the, you know, the zero point of, uh, of Cancer. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're going to allow maximum two degrees. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go much more than that. That's for sure. No. Yeah. No, you don't at all. Um, yeah. So he, he also has um, his Saturn Uranus midpoint. Oh. At do, 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 do. Aries and two minutes. Oh, yes. Yes. And yes. so how did he play with that? Well, my interpretation, um, you know, it's kind of like, you don't, you're kind of on your own, you want to break away from the old, you want to do things your own way. And yeah, so he's not really a team player. And he likes to be the head of he'd like to be the head of things. But, you know, yeah, yeah I'll be the party and another, others. Again, that's Pluto, right power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, and he, yeah, he wasn't, he, he didn't do well in the personal sphere. He was very much larger than life, which is, you know, a Sag oh. with a Sun-Jupiter conjunction at the mid-home, mid-heaven, opposite Pluto. You know, he was kind of like that. So he was really good uh, schmoozing with people and being kind of out there, but mm -hmm. that was his sort of where he did his best. He didn't do well in the personal level. <laughs> So, okay. He also has the uh, Mercury Neptune midpoint at one degree fifty three of Libra. So that again, it's you know within two degrees of. So that would be the schmooze, yeah. Yeah, and also, but it's also you know I think that he was too sensitive and would overreact. You know, I mean, he would say that you know being sad, he'd say whatever he. Right. Yes. With. Foot and mouth and, disease. And yeah. Be totally oblivious to how it affected, Effect, affected everybody <laughs> but for himself it's like boom and also i mean i didn't know this growing up but he would do silence for weeks on end with my mom if he was wow <laughs> wow yeah, so well, I think what I'm hearing you say is that if you've got a you know a planet and or a midpoint then it's amping up the quality if it's aligned yeah, with I, these cardinal points and I suspect that 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 Saturn Uranus didn't give him like didn't give him the stick to itiveness to really get where he could have gotten on right the, on the yeah. state. Right, he did sort of be, you know, he became an alderman in the community, so he was well known in the community. But and he probably could have been a really good politician, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he but jumped he, around a lot. But he would have had to. Yeah. Um, yeah, he would have had to play the game. He didn't, you know, didn't want he wanted to do his do it his way kind of thing. I think. Yeah. So. Ah. Yeah, okay. To do. <laughs> All right. Let's look at your next example. We have Steven Spielberg. Yay! This guy has quite the chart as well. Yeah. Yeah. Spielberg's got. Um, he has his Mars as well. This is Jupiter, Pluto, Neptune, MC midpoints on the Aries points. So, yeah, I mean, uh, 
the interpretation of that was is basically you know his actions and efforts Mars uh, were in alignment with his magnified success potential Jupiter Pluto <laughs> as a creative professional which is the Neptune MC right uh, ah. so that gets a lot of recognition in, in the big world so you know again with the Aries point you can have something, you know, like in my dad's case, even if you've got something planetary activating it, that doesn't guarantee you will be prominent. Right. But you've yeah. got that potential because you're hooked into that cardinal cross, which is the world itself, the world stage kind of thing. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, he's got all sorts of other stuff going on there too, obviously. But Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that um, those are the primary things with the Aries point itself. The other thing you can use it for, uh, use it with, is in sinister. You know, oh, okay. Right. If somebody else if it activates, active, right? Okay. Yeah, it's not activation of that. Right. Point. It's yeah. Whether I it's probably still need to have something in your own chart, damping yeah. it up. So I'm wondering if it shows up what it would mean in a composite chart if all of a sudden you put the two charts together and now you've got an Aries point well, activation. Well, probably, because yeah. then you're bringing those those people's planetary energies together. It's like a, a midpoint. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Right? Hmm. Only you're bringing the two energies of people together to bring that out. Yeah. yeah. I, possibly, I haven't looked at that. But yeah. yeah, no, it just I mean, popped I into just, my head. I used the... Uh, Aries point a lot, and but, but it okay. seemed with 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 the equinox coming up, but yes, like good... oh yeah, yeah yeah. <clears throat> so so Oprah, gosh, just old quiet yeah. little Oprah. <laughs> well, you look at yeah, you look at her ascendant, which is at twenty nine, like twenty nine something of yes Sag, of, so of right. Sag, yep. Zero cardinal, which is zero Capricorn, which again is part of that cardinal cross. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got the yes, that. And then she, uh, which of course gives her, <clears throat> you know, her opinions and endorsements. Yes. Influenced a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> definitely. Um, her, she has her Saturn Pluto midpoint on the air. Ah, Saturn mid. Oh, Sa Saturn Pluto midpoint. Ooh. Yeah, and, and okay. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Noel Noel Till says this placement has a is called having a skeleton in the family closet. <laughs> That's what he, he calls it. Yeah. So you know, and she talked. She actually brought that out a lot in in her discussions. Yes. Yeah, over the years, her own childhood. Sort of yeah. Yeah. Mars, um, Saturn, and Scorpio. All her you know, sexual abuse and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But also a, a suggests the power and influence aspect. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, both those, all those are, you know, interesting examples of, of that in, in personal charts. You know, you yeah. Can, yeah. Like any other point, you know, like Lois or any other, or the nodes, these are points. And if they're activated, they have... Yeah, they have potential, you know, you'll notice, yeah. Yeah, more yeah. likely significance in the chart, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's, but in this case, it's it's about, um, 
it's it's the least personal, you know, because it's about the wide yes. world. Yeah, and that would make sense with those points for sure. Yeah, so yeah. it's associated with greater fame and social influence and that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. And then the other use of uh, zero point of Aries is in a mundane context. Now, I did put these charts together. I probably should have separated them. And one of the little factoids that goes when you construct a Aries ingress chart for the capital of a particular country every year, uh, depending on whether or not what sign is rising. And so this part, you know, I've had this text with me forever. And for some reason, I had just never read it. But uh, so if what is rising is cardinal, uh, then it will, that particular ingress chart will only last until the next ingress. So this Aries one, uh, if it was cardinal, it would only last until cancer, and then you'd have to do it again. Uh, if it is a uh, mutable sign that is rising, like it is in this particular case, in Canada, we have, oh no, is that? We have Aries rising. We have, no, no, I'm talking about the ingress chart, which is on the outside. And I think that is cancer. Oh. Yeah, so it is cardinal, so it will only last until the summer solstice. If it is a f uh, mutable sign, then it lasts for half the year. So you would go from Aries to the next chart you would construct would be Libra. Whereas if it is a fixed sign, then the Aries chart lasts for a whole year. So that was something that I, you know. What's I mean. interesting to notice in this, since you've been discussing Lilith, mm -hmm. that's 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 the point that's that's on the Aries point. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And and actually, for the the ingress, there you've got. The yeah, she's right back, right with is, the moon. Is the ascendant dis descendant set for Ottawa? Yes. Yep. Okay, then that's activating. You know. Yeah, exactly. Squaring that that sun going into Aries, so yeah, and yeah, the moon at twenty nine degrees of Libra. Well, that's the opposite end, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's a uh, so it's. Um, I should have actually done this chart and the dual wheel because you need to see one chart as a as a standalone. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But you've also got transiting uh, Lilith. Mm-hmm. By the natal moon. <laughs> yes, so. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And I, you know, of course, obviously, <laughs> with uh, Uranus coming up to our Pluto, um, it looks like we're going to need some feminine energy coming out of the populace. And that's what the moon is. The moon represents the people. Um, yeah, with Black Moon and, Lilith and there. The, and the south node's being activated by both Mercury and Jupiter. Yep. Yes, it's... You're saying these, some women need to come in and straighten <laughs> out this convoy situation? <laughs> or uh, bring in a feminine perspective to, yeah, the whole, uh, yeah, the polarization that has gotten, like, yes. not very useful. Uh, we need to come together, not polarize apart. Uh, but from a collective, looking, yeah. Looking at the aspect pattern here, you got 
Uranus coming to Pluto, you got Mars, Venus, and Saturn all squaring that Saturn Pluto opposition in the yes. middle. Yes. Yeah. A lot, lot of stuff going on in this at this. Yes. For Canada. Yeah, for this next quarter, because uh, yeah. that's as long as the chart will last. Yep. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, and it is. It's. Um, yeah, we're at a critical time right now. Um, and it's well, it's unfortunate <laughs> that the ingress chart has the Mars, Venus, Saturn um, confinement thing happening there because that takes away, I mean, the most common thing I'm hearing from astrologers is it takes away diplomacy, um, which we desperately need. We need, you know, to find common ground, not polarize even further. Yeah. But also interesting that the moon is is twenty nine fifty three degrees of labor. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're at the end of the rope in terms of finding middle ground. Yeah. And being a Cancerian nation, that's that's the people A weird Cancerian nation, Sun Uranus. I still it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. Well, and so is the U.S. So, yeah. So you think the moon, or yeah, the moon in Libra, twenty-nine degrees, is like we're wrapping up all these Venusian themes in a way, or we're about well, to move on to a different. I think path? The, the twenty-nine degrees is, you know, certainly in horary or in some space, it's it's you're at the end of your rope, you know. It's like. Something has to change because you're you're done with this, right? Whatever this is, and that's probably the imbalance. Because yeah, it has been know. terribly out of balance. Not obviously. a lot of balance going on, right? Yeah, no. no. Yeah, it's the precursor so, to Pluto moving and, into Aquarius. Yeah, and it's also squaring Pluto. I mean, yeah, it's, mo- it's moving off the square to Pluto. So yeah, yeah, that's a tight square. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's this this the the uh, equinox this year is biggie. Yes, <laughs> for for us for sure. Yeah. So sorry, the moon. So the moon in Libra. Would you say that that connects? that's people? That's people. That's people, and I, then how the descendant is conjuncting Black Moon Lilith. So women are rising. It would it would suggest that women and their voice. (laughs) (laughs) We're ready to be done. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's restoring power because you know you've got the square to Pluto. It's challenging the the power that be. Yeah. The white men ruling thing. That are trying to be. (laughs) Which we are so done with that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the other one, I'm just, we've only got two, three minutes. So let's, the other one that I put together, of course, was the U.S. And its black moon, Lilith, is not on this chart. Darn. Darn, darn. Oh, well. So very similar to ours, but different rising, right? Yeah, so there they are having their Pluto return. Yeah. Yeah, so no negotiation when it comes to their resources. They're not into negotiating anything. Yeah, and and in this, you know, again, you've got uh, squaring Pluto, but Pluto is also returning to the native Pluto. 
Well, that's uh, amping up that Plutonian energy big time. Totally, totally. And unfortunately, the Ascendant is very close to the war god Mars. Darn, darn, darn. Yeah. 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 No, it's... Uh, and, yeah, and Neptune squaring. So. so this one yeah. is... Yeah, and, and again, you've got the the equinox comes you know it's it activates that uh, mid heaven i see right yeah yeah as you got that one degree again on the aries yeah. libra aries libra mhm mhm And this chart, because it is a mutable sign that's rising, apparently will last until the Libra um, equinox in the fall. Which makes sense, given that they are having their Pluto return. And likely this is going to be affected for a while. Yeah, till then. Okay. I think we've come to the end of another show. So, Jenna, what we are going to do next week is we are going to take Chiron through the houses. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, So that will be our subject. And, uh, yeah, just a reminder, if you want to look at the charts, see the links uh, to the sources that we pulled for Black Moon Lilith, you can go to my website, www.cardinalastrology.ca, where we also have a link to Jill, um, if you'd like to talk to her. Um, And Jenna, work hard. What can, can you give us a little sneak peek of what you're working on? Um, well, I just uh, wrapped a movie, a Lifetime movie. Uh, it's called Dirty Little Secrets. Oh, and I've just gone uh, down to eight seconds, six, five, okay. four. Bye, guys. Check it out, Lifetime, in a couple months. Bye. <laughs>